Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. Tonight, I am joined by the legendary producer, Butch Vig. How are you doing? I'm good, Miranda. How are you? You know, I'm doing all right. Better now. <laughs> you well, I, you know, it's uh, despite COVID, um, life goes on. And uh, I'm, I'm calling you from my home studio here in L.A. And I'm, I'm lucky that uh, through all this, I've been able to work a lot. So I've, I've just been working on some tracks mixing today. Oh, nice. um, so it's all good. You have a new Five Billion in Diamonds album coming out November 20th. Can you give us a quick update on what that band is and how long you've been working together? Well, we started the band a little over four years ago. Um, I, I formed it with my two buddies in the UK, uh, James Grello and Andy Jenks, who are both DJs. And uh, all three of us have a love of 60s and 70s sort of obscure folk music and pop music as well as soundtrack albums and uh we decided to start a band about four years ago and and originally it was just going to be instrumental music and we recorded a bunch of songs to an imaginary film and then we decided let's ask some singers on board and so that was quite a process to find some singers to join us like uh evett lumberg who sings on uh, the new single way of the world he joined us four years ago from He's from the Swedish band soundtrack of our lives, as well as a host of other collaborators. But it was quite a process to to put that together because, as I said, we wrote music instrumentally and then asked the singers to join us. So we started the new album, Divine Accidents. We we specifically tailor wrote each piece of music for each singer. So it was a much easier uh, go of making the record this time. And because of that, I think the whole record has a, a bit more of a confidence to it. You answered my first three questions in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in another interview, you said that this album has a little bit more of an optimistic sense to it. Do you think Weight of the World was picked as a single because of its optimism? Yeah, you know, we wanted it to be a single because even though the lyrics are quite dark in it, the way Ebbett sings it is quite celebratory and the music is quite celebratory. And I think Despite all the craziness in the world right now, I think it, it, it feels good to, to experience music like that. And, uh, you know, we were leery about releasing a single and an album, uh, you know, right at this at this moment in time. But we've been talking to people and uh, across the board, people are listening to music more and more everywhere right now. I think part of that's mm-hmm. because they are in, of course, lockdown. So we just figured it's a good time for us to release a, a new single and a new album. Yeah, we all need some positivity now. Yeah, and uh, and I, I think, you know, despite there are dark moments on the 5BAD new album, but there is a sense of optimism. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, some of that comes from the confidence of, of having worked together with all the core of the band and all the guest musicians over the last album. And uh, and I think it's 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 a reflection of our times, but it's it's very positive, and I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Well, yeah, even negative lyrics or a negative tone can actually help somebody relate more and get a more positive experience out of it, which I think is really interesting, especially like with this kind of psychedelic groove kind of sound. Yeah, you know, and I love dark music. Uh, Sometimes the sadder a song is, the more upbeat I feel. I'm not sure why that is. I should maybe talk to my psychiatrist about that, but... (laughs) Um, there's a sense of, uh, whenever I hear music that sort of connects with me emotionally, it makes me feel alive. And, uh, and, and I, so I love writing music that can be 
can sonically feel upbeat yet maybe the lyrics have some darkness to it or, or the opposite and uh so there's complex uh, emotions going on and and i think that a lot of the songs in the five billion and diamonds album have that how often did you have anything to do with lyrics on any of the five billion and diamonds albums um well andy and james and i write the music tracks um i i did write some lyrics on this record i co-wrote uh, the way of the world with Ebbett, who sings that you know, i sort of came up with the title the, the start of the song but Ebbett finished it off and um and i wrote formaldehyde which is a love song for a psycho killer <laughs> um and and helen and i sing a duet on that uh we in tandem and that was really fun to do also so you can play all sorts of instruments. You can produce all sorts of sounds. You can do songwriting, vocals. What's your favorite part of making music? Oh man, that's a uh, that's a tough question. You know, I'm I'm known for being a drummer, but that's the least interesting thing to me in the studio. I'd rather play guitar or play keyboards or get out a Moog synthesizer or get behind the console and start tweaking sounds like a lab rat. Um, uh, I, I just love the studio because I feel like it's a, it's like a palette, you know, a painting and, and there's so many colors you can throw on it. And uh, that's why I still go, I still love recording. I go into a studio every day, not knowing exactly what I'm going to do. It's, it's just an absolute thrill. I recently talked to um, Dallin Weeks of, I don't know how, but they found me and their new album has, I feel a pretty 80s sound to it, and we identified that it comes a lot from synthesizer. I asked him if he thought the synthesizer was making a comeback, and he said it never left. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that there's a lot of keyboards on the new Five Billion of Diamonds record, and um, like I have an old school Moog here that I use, and uh, Andy, who lives in Bristol in in uh, in the UK works at an old studio called Christchurch, which was built in the late 50s, early 60s. It's like a BBC radio studio, and it looks like it's like going to a time warp. You sort of expect the engineers to be walking around in lab coats when you're there. But he has a huge collection of vintage keyboards, and every time we go there, it's just so much fun to fire them up and, and, uh, and just record them because they just have such unique character to them. We've also noticed an uptick in alternative artists that start out as producers and are becoming artists that do their own instruments, mixing and vocals. Um, some of them are saying that they think it's going to become even more popular as it becomes more cost effective. What do you think of that? Well, I, I agree. And I think a lot of that has is, is happened because of the change in technology that used to be you know, there was a sort of hierarchy. You had to make demos and you had to get a producer and go to the studio and get signed to a label. Nowadays, it's all very DIY. And the, the, the difference between being a musician and a producer has slipped into in the same thing. You know, it's, it's, it's morphed into one thing. And part of that's people all have so much more knowledge about how music is made and, uh, and just the tools available with laptops and computers now and all the plugins and and software editing that you can use it it's made it really easy for people to make records and uh, so i think the boundaries have all sort of overlapped you know i, I don't think there's so much of a, a hierarchy as there was when i first learned how to produce records and i think that's a good thing you know a kid in his basement can record a song on his own write and produce it on his laptop and put it on the internet 
in 24 hours it can go viral and a million people can hear it and that's incredible you know that that didn't happen 20 years ago maybe you should have a reality show like american idol but for producers ooh that's kind of a good idea <laughs> i don't think i don't think it's been done yet miranda has it i'll, I'll have to I'll have to call out so. my agent and have him take some meetings with uh, Fox. Yeah, I'll be your Ryan Seacrest. All right. <laughs> you have a long history here in Madison. In fact, I'm the third person from the resistance to talk to you in the three years that we've been a station. Uh, you happen to know our morning show host, Pat Gallagher. He says hello. Yep. Can you share any embarrassing stories about him? <laughs> No, I would never embarrass him. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have to say this. I miss Madison terribly. Uh, my family still lives around there. My dad lives in Viroqua, which is just a little bit west of uh, Madison. And uh, I am usually come back in the summer for two weeks. Uh, I made it back last year in December with the Know It All Boyfriends. We did some benefit shows. And uh, I usually come back in around Christmas to see my family and uh because of COVID, uh, you know, we haven't been able to do that. And it's, uh, I have to say, it's really frustrating. You know, we've been, we've been able to Zoom together, but it's not the same as when you get to go and hang out with your friends and family. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping by next summer, this will all sort of cleared out so, uh, so we can make it back to Wisconsin. Brought up the know-it-all boyfriends. I wanted to talk about Joey's song, which is one of the benefit yeah. shows that you guys were at. How did you become involved with Joey's song? Well, I knew Mike Gamal, who runs it years ago. He, I, in the band I was in with Duke uh, Spooner, we used to play Headliners, uh, if you remember that club, which is on University Avenue. That was a former lifetime ago, Miranda. <laughs> and uh, and Mike used to work there. And then uh, I didn't see him for many years, but when his son tragically died um, from epilepsy, uh, he started a charity. And initially it started, he was releasing CDs and getting artists to donate a song and, you know, selling CDs and and he contacted Freddie Johnston, who I know really well. Freddie and I have a history. I produced his record, This Perfect World. And, uh, and of course, he plays in the Know-It-All Boyfriends with me. And then Freddie asked uh, if, if the Know-It-All Boyfriends would want to get involved with doing a show. And um, that was nine years ago, I think. So um, it just keeps growing every year. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, it's, I'm thrilled to be part of it. Um, for one, it's for a great cause. Um, besides Mike's son, Joey, passing away from epilepsy, my good friend out here, uh, Bill Boyd, suffers from epilepsy. My a member of my family suffers from epilepsy. So it's it's something that's, uh, you know, in, in my family and, and, and close to me. And so it's a good excuse for us to go back and, and raise awareness and money. But it's also really fun. I mean, playing with the Nodal Boyfriends is just a gas. You know, we, we mostly play covers. We have a few originals. It's kind of loose, but uh, it just gives me a chance to hang out with my musician friends, and it's, it's really fun. Yeah, we often uh, promote the concert event, but it is a year-round nonprofit that constantly raises money for epilepsy research, so I'm glad that we got to kind of bring that up, especially since they're not able to do the in-person concert this year. Yeah, we we had a show a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it's about three weeks ago now, that was online um, that Mike organized, and uh, it was great. It was it was tricky, you know, because a lot of people uh, filmed their performances at home on their iPhones. Um, the Nodal Boyfriends filmed all of us playing our parts separately, and then uh, one of the guys in the band edited it all together, so it was like a virtual live performance. But and it was fun, and, it, and again, it raised some money. But there's nothing like being in a room with your friends and, mm-hmm. and fans and stuff. And you know, it's much more of a communal, celebratory moment. So, again, I'm hoping 
next year things get back to normal and we can uh, play a proper gig again. And speaking of next year, is there perhaps a new garbage album on the way? There is. In fact, and I'm not kidding, I just sent notes off before I called you to our mastering engineer because uh, the record is done. There's just two songs that need a little bit of tweaking in the mastering and, and it'll be put to bed. So uh, we're all pretty excited about it. It's, uh, it's a pretty dark record. And even though Shirley wrote most of the lyrics, before he we went into lockdown, it somehow is speaking about the crazy world we live in right now. Um, I think it's very dark and somewhat eclectic, maybe a bit of a mutant cousin to our third album, Beautiful Garbage, because each song is kind of its own entity. There's a lot of different sonic detours on the record. Um, and I think we've sort of pushed in some uh, new territory and some brought in some influences that we haven't before. A couple of songs remind me of Talking Heads. And a couple of songs remind me of Roxy music, but it still sounds like garbage for better or for worse. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we're hoping um, the records, I think it's going to maybe come out in May. And, you know, we're already talking about doing some shows now late August or September next year, I guess, as, as we see how this unfolds. But mm-hmm. um, we're, we're looking forward to getting back and, and hitting the road. I'll be chatting with Smashing Pumpkins in a couple weeks about their new album. Do you have any suggestions for something I should ask them? Turn the guitars up. <laughs> yeah, just tell them, tell, tell Billy, don't, don't whist out on the guitars. Okay. I can definitely <laughs> I, say I'm, I'm excited to hear it, too. Billy told me, I, I haven't spoken to him for a while, but he just said it's, it's, uh, it's very sort of classic Smashing Pumpkins. So I have a feeling the guitars will be fairly loud, but... Uh, you know, they can always be a little bit louder, right? Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by how not loud the guitars were on their new single, Sear. Very alternative. Yeah, I like the song. Yeah, I like the song. I think it's cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, Miranda, thanks so much. And uh, I hope everybody stays safe out there. And uh, say hi to Pat for me. <laughs> Will do.